Hello, movie lovers. It's time for another edition of Talkin' Talkies. And we are also brought to you by the Giant Media Ball. It's a giant ball made of media without the fleas. GiantMediaBall.com. As always, I am Dan. And also, as always, I am joined by Chris. We're talking talkies from Maine to San Diego. This is appropriate. It's a nice diagonal cut across the country. (laughs) Well, it's appropriate this month because we're doing baseball movies. How much baseball time? Well, because season starts on Sunday. Yes. Sunday. Super, super excited. Um, This is our first baseball film, and it's Major League. Why Major League? Because it's one of the best baseball movies ever made. I can't think of a better reason to review it. Even though I was trying to think about it, like, for baseball movies, I think it has the least amount of actual baseball play in it. (laughs) It might, but it's uh, it's character-driven, which is what makes it fun. But then again, like, the whole last half hour is a baseball game, so... And that's the way sports movies go, right? The whole last half hour is the big game? Of course. It always leads up to the big game. Even in Beer League, it leads up to the big game. All we're right. not to play softball. Yes. <laughs> All right. We're not to play softball. All right. So. Chug a beer. Oh, okay. I had to try to look up what we're doing next. I remember. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> All right. So this is Major League. Um, basic plot outline is that there's this former Las Vegas showgirl. Her name is Rachel Phelps, and she just inherited the Cleveland Indians baseball team. You guys know what that team is, right? It's got the super big smiling Indian face as its logo. And even though people don't go on that whole, it's offensive, we need to change the name tirade as they do with the Redskins, um, people are still out there who are like, it's offensive, they need to change the name. And it's like, bitch, That it's... logo should go, though. The logo should go. <laughs> that logo is pretty well, bad. As a... As Yankee fans, because I know Dan is too, um, that logo is offensive for many reasons. <laughs> the least of which are that it's racist. <laughs> but, um, so she inherits the team and she's like, this team is friggin' awful. I'm gonna move it to Miami because. This, this town is awful. This team is awful. Yeah. Fuck yourself. And what was it, like a 35 year slump or something like that? Yeah. Something like that. They yep. hadn't won the pennant in forever. I remember but, this is back, this is 1989 and it was filmed in 88. This is like when there was only an Eastern and Western division and there wasn't a wild card, I don't think. Right. So you had to be the best team in your division if you were going to make the playoffs. Right, right. So one team would make the playoffs and like seven other teams wouldn't do shit. <laughs> right. So it's like uh, either you're in or you suck. And they were last place. Dead last. Now, there's a stipulation to getting them to move to Miami. You have to get the minimum attendance lower than 800,000 people, which means yeah. that right that breaks the, the city contract, and then you can move the team, which I believe is a real clause, because that's how the Expos moved out of Montreal and went to D.C. to become the Nationals. That's a weird number, because I was thinking about it, because at least in the... Old Yankee Stadium, and by old Yankee Stadium, I mean the one that was around, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. They had, like, they had room for, like, 56,575 fans. 
So if you wanted to get to uh, 800000 for the year, that's only like 15 games. Yeah, right? <laughs> 15 sellouts. But of course, I don't think the Yankees have any problems <laughs> drawing attendance to their games. I remember watching Expos, Expos versus Mets games, and it was like, man, look at all that orange. <laughs> That's a lot of orange. And then you'd watch the Mets play at home. You'd be like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of orange there, too. But that was usually in, like, July when they were already eliminated from making it to the World Series. You know, for, like, the last 15 years or so, however long it's been. Uh, Expos, they moved in, like, 04, 05. Yeah. It's been 10 years now. So, in order to um, get the attendance low, she wants to make sure that the team is in last place. And her new general manager, Charlie Donovan, has to hire the worst possible players that he can possibly find. So you, she, she she makes the list of players that they're inviting to spring training. And they're like, I haven't heard of half these guys. That guy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which is then kind of spoofed later in the in the uh, Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns putting together a softball yeah. team, and he's like, "I got to get a bunch of ringers," and it's like half of them are old, dead. Yeah, <laughs> your right fielder's been dead for 130 years, sir. <laughs> um, so first we have the catcher, which is Jake Taylor, and he's got knee problems, so he was sent to Mexico. Um, yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't even play in the minors anymore. He had to go to Mexico. Yeah. Um, we have Ricky Vaughn, which is, of course, Charlie Sheen's character, and he's not really sure he's going to be able to make it in time because he's kind of incarcerated. And then, uh, kind of incarcerated. Pedro Serrano, who's an, an ex, he's like a, uh, what they describe him as? He's a Cuban defector. He's a defector, that's right. He's a Cuban defector, and he's also a voodoo practicer. Oh, yeah, he left Cuba because he wanted religious freedom. What is his religion? Voodoo. Yeah. <laughs> he worships Jobu. Jobu. Don't take Jobu rum. It is bad to take It'd Jobu rum. be very bad. It'd be very bad. So they get all these, you know, they get all they these They ragtag it, bro. Yeah, so, so they got they all kinds of pick people who are just crappy. They're prima donnas. Um, and then this guy's arms character bad. shows up, Roger Dorn. He's like their big free agent pickup from like three, four years ago. Yeah. But he doesn't do anything because he just wants the money at this point. Yeah. And the team sucks. <laughs> but they hire uh, Lou Brown, which is the career minor league manager of the Toledo Mudhens. And he's a like, tire salesman yeah. in the offseason. They said he's been, he's been the manager there for like 30 years. Which means that in... Uh, in MASH, when, uh, <clears throat> when uh, what's-his-face talks about the Mudheads all the time, he's talking about Lou Brown <laughs> as the manager. Yep. <laughs> um, and when they go to spring training, they have a um, an uninvited member join, Willie Mays Hayes. Yep. He's like, Mays runs like Hayes. <laughs> and I like how he just kind of shows up there like he wasn't invited. But then when they don't want to invite him in, he outruns everybody just so they'll consider him. because in the middle of the night, the security comes in and they just remove his part of the bunk bed and put yeah. him outside. <laughs> put him outside and he wakes... they've already started practice and he wakes up. He's like, damn, I got cut already. 
<laughs> Wesley Snipes plays uh, plays William Hayes, Hayes in this movie. In the second movie, he's replaced by uh, Omar Epps, I believe it was. Yeah. Which is really odd, because they don't look alike. I mean, they all look alike. I mean, no. They don't. And in the second movie, is also, in the off-season, he made a movie with Jesse Ventura. <laughs> that's the second movie. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So yeah, we start we start seeing them in spring training, and they're they're freaking awful. Um, Vaughn has a great fastball; he's got all the speed, but he has no control. So he's like, they got the little cu- cutout of the player, and he's like taking its head off. And yeah, you see, like he hits it a couple times, and then they come back to him later, and you can see all the dents in it, and yeah. then he takes the head off. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes is a great runner, but he can't actually hit the ball; he can only hit pop flies. And then he's told by the by Brown that you need to be legging out singles and stealing bases. For every time a ball ball doesn't hit the ground, you gotta give me like twenty push ups. Twenty push ups. So he's just he'll hit it, just go shit, and just drop down and start doing push ups. <laughs> um, Carano's problem is he can't hit curve balls. Yeah, Serrano can't hit curve balls. And then he's like he's got like the bat with like this weird little cover on it, like a furry cover. Oh, yeah, because he steals one of Dorn's, uh, uh... His, uh... Golf, his... golf club cover. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, make Batch happy and uh, uh, amigo, amigo, uh... uh you're welcome. <laughs> and then, so Dorn is, like, you know, like, half-assing it in the field because he doesn't want to get hurt because then, because he's going to be at a a free agent in the off season and he wants more money and he doesn't want to get hurt and lose the opportunity. So he's half assing it on the field and then freaking manager comes over and says, Every time you play one off your hip you owe me thirty sit ups and then he comes to him with his contract. He's like, <laughs> I don't have to do any calisthenics I don't think are important and then he just drops it and pisses on it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um but uh, Taylor, Vaughn, and Hayes all kind of bond together. And they go out to dinner, but that's when we discover his... Uh, Taylor's ex-girlfriend, Lynn, is there with her current fiancé, who's going to be an attorney. And he's like, I'm going to win her back by telling her that I'm playing in the major leagues again. But uh, that kind of blows up in his face. I also like that he he calls her from the the stand he's like creeping on her and then the yeah, whole he, time he calls from the bar and she's at the concierge she's at the front desk or whatever yeah <laughs> and the best part is that like he her new fiance is watching them the whole time and he just doesn't give a shit you know he can see us i don't care so yeah the indian season starts off exactly like you think um vaughn gets to nickname wild thing because his pitches are all over the friggin' place Although he ends up rolling with it later. Yeah, but here's the, the biggest thing is that they talk about how Bob Euchre plays the play-by-play guy. Which apparently the guy who did the movie didn't even realize that he wanted him to be the play-by-play guy. He didn't realize he'd been doing it for 20 years already. <laughs> but uh, but Bob Euchre's character puts over the fact that like, oh, you know, they, they say that the first at-bat of the season will tell you how the season goes. And... Hayes gets a single and gets on base. Yeah. <laughs> that, he gets so, caught. But he gets caught leading off the base. Yes, he does. 
Oh, and every, every base he steals, he's going to hang up a pair of leather gloves on his wall. Yeah, because he changes gloves once he gets on base. So he turn, takes off his batting gloves and puts on his special black gloves. I got a hundred of these. One for every base I'm going to steal. <laughs> um, the other problem is that when Vaughn does get the ball over the plate, Clue Haywood, who is the Yankees' best hitter, always knocks it out of the ballpark. That's when they discover that Vaughn's eyesight sucks, so they make him get glasses. But that actually improves him dramatically. Yeah. Yep. So the team is actually starting to improve in everything, and they're just like, well, we need to bring them down further. All right. So she makes him fly in this shitty little propeller jet. Uh, stewardess, can I get an airsick bag? I don't think this flight has a stewardess. Uh, and I like the the bus that they give him. Oh, yes, the bus. But they're still doing a great job. Until they're, actually, they... they're actually getting to about 500, right? Because at one point they're 60 and 61 when right, things right. start turning around. Right. And that's when they reveal the plan. Because Brown finds out so what the, the GM, plan is. Yeah, the GM tells the manager that, no, she wants the team to be so bad that we can move that she can move it to Miami. Yeah. And he's like, well, fuck that. And everyone else is like, yeah, fuck that. I like when they all flip her off in the locker room. <laughs> and the, the other thing that made me laugh was when they're all doing, like, they're clapping in succession, like, crossing their legs. Like the entire oh, yeah, during dug- the montage. Yeah, the entire for when, for when they turn things the turn things around montage. Of course, because you got to have a montage. There has to be if it's a sports movie. There has to be a montage. There has to be a especially montage. a baseball movie, right? Because it's a freaking like eight month long, one hundred and sixty two yeah. game season. Even, even you got a montage at least a hundred of those games. Yep, even basketball did a montage. Oh yeah, so, the basketball are like, what if we could play basketball but didn't have to move? And yeah, then we're montage, pretty good at basketball. And, then, <laughs> and montage and like it's the fifth season of the basketball league. Yeah. <laughs> Where Dallas are the kings. Because, you know, sports. Um, but I like how they have a nude picture of the team owner, and every single time every single time they win a game, they're gonna take a piece off so she gets more and more nude. That's their big motivation. <laughs> so they uh, got to win about 32 more games to do this. Yep. So they, they're forced into a one-game playoff against the Yankees after they defeat the White Sox. And uh, that's when we get more of the love story. Taylor's trying to win back his, his ex-girlfriend. They share a night together, and then she leaves, and he's all depressed, but he keeps seeing her at games. Um, and there's other stories too about like yeah, everyone's they're all just playing better and getting along better. Yeah. Of course, there is the part where the uh, where the old pitcher actually steals the rum and immediately gets hit in the head by a flying bat. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that. That Euchre's character, oh, every time that guy pitches, he mentions a substance that he could or probably did put on the ball when he threw it. Yeah. Because there's the one scene in 
<laughs> well, that's Crisco, and this is the and this is Vagicil. and if and if the and if the umps are getting a little presumptuous upon me, well, I just rub I rub some pepper in my nose, and I just do that. Yeah. Like, you put snot on the ball. He's <laughs> like, hey, I ain't, I ain't got as much zip on the on the ball like I used to, like you do, but it'll happen to you someday. Yeah. Um. Leading into the uh, leading into the last game, um, they don't let Vaughn, they don't let Vaughn pitch until the very end, and he actually goes up against his his old rival, Clue Hayward, and that's when uh, he actually strikes him out. We have the big feel good moment. Yep. Uh, and then the the game ends with a Hayes getting a. A single and then steal in second. Yep. And then Taylor calls his shot, and then he gets pitched in on, so he has to dust it off. So does it again, and then they do a freaking squeeze play, and they win the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like when he bunts it, just cuts to the pitcher, just goes, "Ah, oh, shit." <laughs> I also love the Japanese uh, field attendants. Where every time they do the montage of the like the construction guys and the guys at the bar talking about the team, it comes to them. They're just like they're shitty. They're still shitty. They're still shitty. <laughs> then they're all about them at the end. And it's kind of cool how you see like the attendance goes up. The people are cheering more. The uh, the bleacher creatures section is getting larger with the giant teepee set up and the <laughs> and the Indian band that's playing. Which is odd because they filmed like all of this in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, the funny thing is, like when when they win, they have like the freaks and the construction workers are all like in the same bar, and they all start hugging and stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Hayes makes it home. Indians win the game, and then uh, the final scene is Jake seeing Lynn in the crowd. And she shows him that she no longer has the engagement ring on. So it's just like, yay, happy ending. And apparently they shot a wedding scene, but they're like, that'll make it too much about him and not about the team. So they cut it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, really good mentioned that, that Roger Dorn's wife sees him cheating on him. And, like, uh, on a TV, on the, on the news or whatever. Because they're like, oh, we're here at the celebration at the hotel. And then she sees him in the background. Yeah. So she goes and sleeps with Ricky Vaughn. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Because he thinks he's going to come out there and punch him. He's like, I got one thing to say to you. Strike Kid, this fucker str- out. Strike this motherfucker out. And then they're yeah. celebrating, and they they hug. He punches him in the face, and he picks him back up. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, so, uh... A couple of cool little trivia pieces about the about the movie. Um, Dennis Havert was so shocked that he actually hit a home run during the last take that he ran around the bases with the bat in his hand and forgot to drop it. That's why he carries the bat the whole time. Right. Um, Charlie Sheen actually was a pitcher in high school and could throw in the high 80s, although his character can throw a 101-mile-per-hour fastball. Sheen himself was actually quite the good pitcher. Uh, my favorite trivia moment is that David S. Ward was such a big fan of the Indians, so he, inspired, he created this film simply so he could see them win something. 
Oh, that's uh, uh that's what it's How about like. The uh, the odd fact that in 1997 the Cleveland Indians made the World Series, but lost to the Florida Marlins, who played in Miami. <laughs> yup. Oh, uh, the Marlins. Ooh. Who are now the Miami Marlins for the last few years. Yep. Um, the uh, characters themselves are inspired by real-life players. Willie Mays Hayes is based off Ricky Henderson. Uh, Ricky Vaughn is based off Nolan Ryan. Eddie Harris is based off of Gaylord Perry. And Jake Taylor is inspired by Carlton Fisk. Oh, Ricky Henderson. I remember when Ricky Henderson got his face broken trying I don't know. Did you ever see that clip, Dan? I forgot who was playing left field when they collided in the outfield. Both trying to catch the ball. And Ricky Henderson basically got his face broken. It was probably um, Conseco. All right. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Clue Athletics. Yeah. Clue Hayward was based off of Thurman Munson. (sighs) So, uh... Yeah, that's, that's a little bit of fun stuff. Uh, what kind of trivia do you have for the movie? Uh, I read the same thing as you, but the thing I didn't read, something that I thought of while watching the movie, uh, the fact that unless something weird happened, the last extra game should have been in New York and not in Cleveland. Because it was for... <laughs> it was because they were tied. But according to the movie... The Yankees should have had the season series tiebreaker because they every time they played them in the movie they lost. The Yankees won. Right, so they would get the home field advantage. So they would have the home field. So they would have hosted the game. But then again, it would have been really weird with without any of the without <laughs> which any of the crowd shots. Just a dead a dead crowd. Like us, without, without the wild thing being played, without, it would have been really weird, really weird. But yeah, like that game, unless something weird happened that didn't get in the movie, that game should have been in New York. Because we see, yeah, so we see the two games that Vaughn pitches and he gets whooped on, and then there's the part about halfway through the movie when they're sixty and sixty-one. Where he says maybe we'll finally beat those guys. So, I would say I mean sure they probably beat them a few times, but I have to imagine that the Yankees beat them way more often than the Indians ever got a win. Right. So. <sighs> well, um, really fun movie. I enjoyed it. It got me kind of pumped up for baseball, and I'm hoping that the uh, this whole month is going to be all about the baseball and get me really pumped up for. The first game, which I believe is Sunday, after we Baseball. record. Baseball. So, uh, you will hopefully have listened to this podcast by the time the games start. And if not, I hope you're enjoying it, and I hope the Yankees win, because I am a Yankees fan. And I know Dan Yankees is win! Oh, Yankees win! Oh, Yankees win! <laughs> Here come the hate comments. Alright, so. Cubs for- win! Cubs win! So, for those of you guys who are following our uh, Talk and Talkie schedule, as I said, Major League is going to be our first of the four movies in April that will be baseball-related. Next week, your homework is to watch 
The Natural. Which I have not seen. Neither have I, so this is going to be cool, because neither of us have actually seen this movie. So, here's hoping for a, a good film. Um, April 16th, we're going to watch A League of Their Own for another fun time comedy. And then uh, we're going to move on but to... also Fe totally real. Yes, indeed. And then uh, we're going to end with Field of Dreams. Totally not real. Which is on the 23rd of April. Now, for those of you who are astute or just know your calendars, you're like, wait a minute. There's, There's five Thursdays. Thursdays. <laughs> so what's going to be the fifth baseball movie? And LOL, the fifth baseball be movie is The Avengers. <laughs> it's The Avengers, <laughs> yes. Um, we are going to assemble The Avengers for April 30th so we can watch Age of Ultron in the theater and see the new Force Awakens trailer, which I am super friggin' bumped about. Should but, uh, be cool. Yes. So, uh, The Natural is next week. That is your homework. And we're going to see you next week then. So, have fun, enjoy baseball, and enjoy this podcast. Thank you, everybody, and thank you, Giant Media Ball. See ya. Bye.